Um, hi, hi. Um, my name's Graham Crowley, and I'm a digital designer and artist. Um, my day job is as a creative director of Tui Media, which is a small independent digital design practice in London. So we've been going for quite some time. Um, actually, we're in. We're coming up to our thirtieth year. So. To give you an idea of our age, when we started out, we were making these funny little silver discs, these things called CD-ROMs for clients such as um, the book publisher, Dorling Kindersley and Reuters News. So I think, I don't know, younger listeners might have to do a Google search for an explanation of what a CD-ROM is. Um, actually, when we started, the, the web was um, in its infancy and it certainly wasn't on our clients' radars. So I think that gives you an idea about how old, or you could say experienced we are. Um, although we're small, we design and build products and solutions for large complex organizations like the Financial Times, American Express, the BBC, and now we're working with the United Nations. So um, our agency is pretty small. We, we, we're about 20 staff strong. And we made this decision early on to keep small because we've noticed that larger organizations tend to require layers of management. And we always wanted to avoid this because the senior team here, we want to sort of continue um, our work practice. We don't want to be distracted with having to manage loads of teams. We want to keep doing the work ourselves. Um, and keeping, keeping small means that we can maintain this approach. So when did I first become aware of graphic design? Uh, it's quite difficult to know, but I really remember the graphic design for Two-Tone Records. Um, I grew up in Coventry in the 70s and 80s. And if you want to get a feel for what that was like, you should check out the amazing paintings of Tile Hill Council Estate by George Shaw, which sort of really perfectly illustrate what the um, urban landscape was like. Um, I was about nine years old when Two-Tone came onto my radar. I was in perhaps the second year at junior school and I sort of first became aware of it because I noticed a subtle change in the clothes that the, the cool older kids started wearing. So jeans were replaced by burgundy or black stay-pressed trousers with a really sharp crease down the front. And they were always cut, so they just sat above um, loafered feet. Um, everybody wore Fred Perry T-shirts, which were buttoned all the way to the top. But I think the thing that sort of most struck me were the black Harrington jackets that everybody wore. And these were often um, peppered with these lovely little black and white badges of bands. And these bands had names like The Selector, Madness, The Beat and The Specials. Um, these badges were simplistic and are almost kind of naive in their design. So the check patterns featured a lot. Simple illustrated figures were, were uh, prevalent and the typography was always very bold and stacked and often in all caps. And I think it was like the shared monotone aesthetic of these badges made me see these bands as one big fun gang and I was really drawn to them. And then I started seeing these bands on top of the pops and I really loved the music. And when I found out that some of the bands were from my hometown, it sort of blew my tiny little mind. <laughs> so I think it was the label's 
monochrome aesthetic that resonated most. Um, the design was conceived by David Storey and John Sims at Chrysalis Records, but it was all um, under the direction of a man called Jerry Dammers. Now, Jerry was the special's founding member and is a bit of a polymath and a bit of a genius. Um, I didn't really make the connection at the time, but thinking about it now, the design was incredibly appropriate. It was simplistic and it was stark, and I think it perfectly captured the stripped back, slightly anarchic qualities of the music. Um, and, and then I started noticing posters around the city for gigs and releases of two-tone bands. And these posters often featured a simple black and white illustration of a man wearing a, a suit with a white shirt, black tie and trilby hat, where his hands tucked into his pockets. And I, I came, remember I came, kind of came quite bewitched by him. I wanted to know more about this person. Who was it? What did it, what did it represent? Um, and I found out years later that this character had a name and he was known as Walt Jabsko. And this name was taken from an embroidered bowling shirt that Jerry Dammers had bought from a charity shop. Um, and the figure itself was based on a photograph of uh, reggae musician Peter Tosh that Jerry also found. And similarly, the black and white check pattern that he featured heavily was um, apparently inspired by the handlebar tape on Jerry Dammer's bike. And obviously I didn't get it at the time, but the sort of significance of this sort of laissez-faire, curtain-paste DIY approach um, was lost on me, but clearly it was directly fueled by punk um, and the, the DIY aesthetic, and, and, and I just thought it was brilliant. Um, being nine, I was completely unaware of the political and the racial significance of the music and the black and white palette, but I, but I dived right in. Um, I bought all the right clothes, well, well the, the clothes that my mum would let me wear at the time, and you know, I'd pop into town to visit this wonderful place called Shambles Arcade in the city centre and buy the badges and stick them on my school bag and stuff. So I think looking back, it really demonstrated the power of design and the way it can influence a wider culture. And it can sort of also cut through as well. And, um, you know, even reaching um, a little nine-year-old spud like me. So what am I working on now? Um, well, I'm working on a whole range of products, both at work and, and in my own time. But the thing I want to talk about is some really interesting work that we're doing for the World Food Programme. And uh, we're designing and building a well-being app for their staff. Um, it's a long-term piece of work, and it started off with a minimal viable product, which just means we create something quite small and um, fairly um, feature-free but over time we're building to it and adding to it. Um, the the long-term nature of the work means that we've established a strong bond and a really great culture with the client. And it's kind of gone beyond that usual um, agency client relationship into something a little bit more um, profound and respectful. So this app is for staff members of the World Food Programme. And so it's internal facing. Although we're now looking looking into opening it up into to the partners and spouses of WH, WFP staff as well. One of the problems that the WFP have is that burnout is a is a real issue. So you tend to find that staff members work for a while and then they kind of crash after five years, and it's not really surprising considering they work in 
such stressful and emotional circumstances. Um, um, everybody's obviously different, but one of the common thread is that the staff often put themselves before the people they're helping, and this can cause their physical and mental health to decline. So um, we're working with a team of psychologists, um, care staff and doctors to develop an app that offers clear, no bullshit health and wellbeing tips for staff. And, and the app also contains things like self-assessment tools and advice. So the really cool thing about this is because of the long-term and trustful relationship we have with them, we have this luxury of being able to design and spin up ideas and test and refine them with a live audience. Sometimes the ideas fail, but things can always be improved. Um, but the mature relationship we have with a client gives us time and space to try and fail. And that's pretty unusual um, in, in the work environment. So as for some advice for students, um, I've always done extracurricular work, whether that was at art college or in employment. So my undergrad degree was in fine arts, but while I was doing it, I was also designing flyers and murals for clubs and bars, as well as helping artists put on shows and, and stuff. And I found that mixing these disciplines brought a lot of benefit to both practices. Um, the extra curricular design work introduced me to a lot of practices and techniques that inform my fine artwork. It also introduced me to concepts such as um, deadlines and budgets, which I hadn't really previously considered. And I started to use computers to design with, and I gradually brought the computer-aided techniques and processes into my fine art work. Now I'm, I'm working, I've, I've flipped this around. So at work I design, but I run self-instigated fine art projects in and around my full-time work. And it's, it's been really helpful because it's made me think about the creative process differently. And I find I can bring inspiration from either practice and apply it to the other. Um, and it, it keeps me curious and makes me look at things in a pluralistic way.